This is Samantha Saxby with another episode of Moms with Benefits. And I am so excited, shaking excited here to talk with Shauna Samuel today. Little bit about Shauna. So she has a 13 year old that was born in New York. And then she has a five year old who was born in Paris. And so we are so excited to dive into her two experiences of motherhood, both in the US and then in Paris, where she is now. So super excited. She's experienced, you know, how those systems impact the mental and financial load of motherhood. So Shauna Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here, Samantha. Awesome. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, let's talk about your firstborn back in New York. What was what was the feeling? What was going on? Where was your head at? What was that experience like? I was so excited to welcome our, our first baby, but it was a shock on so many levels. I think as a first time parent, it's always a little bit of a shock, but I remember going through the hallway of my employer in New York City. And one of my colleagues was like, well, have you signed up for daycare yet? And do you know how much it costs? And I was like, no, and no. <laughs> that was the first kind of major shocker for me was learning that the cost of monthly daycare was going to be bigger than the cost of my rent. Um, I had not anticipated that. And then I quickly learned what a scramble it is to even find infant daycare, even in a big city like New York. So I quickly had to do a lot of work and a lot of budgeting. And what I think should have been a very joyous occasion then turned into a much more difficult situation because my son was born with some medical complications, spent 30 days in a NICU. Mm. And I remember him having to be transferred to another deeper level NICU by ambulance. And the first thought running through my head was, how much is this gonna cost? And is my insurance even covering this? There was in the hospital, like with a one day old baby having to be transferred. And these are the kinds of things that I was worried about and thinking about. So I feel like that what should have been a very joyous occasion was bittersweet. It was stressful. It had so many hidden sides that I feel like no one really talked about until you become a parent and then you're in the mess of it. Yeah, it sounds, you know, you talk about it should be a joyous time. And that is, I think, what many mothers go into their first pregnancy thinking. And it sounds like the financial impact of having a child hit you before you even had the child, right? Before it was your son was even born, people were asking you about daycare. And I know my experience today is I signed up for four daycare wait lists before my son was born. That's the reality we're living in. It's it's a shock. I love that word. It is a it is a shock. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I was supposed to get like the parents magazine version of parenthood, like the tranquil mom with her baby calmly on the play mat, you know, just soaking in all the joy of it. And that was not my experience. Ah, <laughs> uh, so and to have, you know, 30 days in the NICU. I mean, that's that's another emotional um journey. My son spent three days in the special care nursery and 
that, you know, I'm, I'm still grieving the birth experience I didn't have. Um, and so I, I, I can only imagine what that did to the emotions and the, and the finances too, like that, that's just another added layer. So, um, any more to talk about that experience and how that impacted, uh, moving forward? I think like you, it's such a, it's such an emotional gripping experience and even little things like how do I, once I was discharged from the hospital, how do I get to the hospital while I'm still recovering from childbirth? Everything was difficult. It was stressful. It was more complicated than it need to be. And I'm married to a Frenchman who did not grow up in the American system of things. And I remember when we got our first hospital bill, my son had to be on a special drug. It cost $10,000 an hour for that particular drug. He's fine now. He's in very good health. Miracles were clearly worked. But I remember when we first got that hospital bill and it was a multiple six figure sum of money on that bill. And my husband opened it and I just saw him go white in the face. He had never seen a hospital bill of that size. And my reaction as an American was like, don't worry that you have to run it through insurance. These things will work out. His thought was like, oh my goodness, like how are we gonna pay a $500,000 medical bill? <laughs> I was like, that's not the real bill. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and I think is a good segue to your second birth experience. Um, talk to me about that. You have a five-year-old born in Paris. How did that experience differ from your firstborn? It was like night and day in so many ways, Samantha. I think the, the system here is very different in the sense that there's pretty much a nationalized system of insurance here. It's not a nationalized medical system um, like it is in the UK. You still have private providers, but the insurance system, it's single payer. It's really largely covered by the government. And so there is a whole set of things where you just don't even see a bill. <laughs> and so one of the things that occurred as I was expecting a baby is I went to the doctor and they said, well, you need to go through these childbirth preparation classes with a midwife. And so it was something like eight sessions with a midwife. So I was like, I'm required to go. I've already had a baby. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, but I'll go anyway. So I show up at my first session with the midwife and she said to me, here in France, we believe that the mother is a really important part of giving birth. You have your obstetrician who's there to make sure your baby is healthy. I'm here to be your team to make sure you are physically, emotionally, and mentally healthy and happy. And I just burst into tears because the idea that you would have a team of people looking out for you as the mom that was completely foreign to me. So that whole experience was 
also emotional, but in a very different way. It felt very supportive. It felt like there was a lot of concern for women. And then of course, after you give birth, you get a whole series of sessions to help in terms of postpartum care and physical therapy. So it's a very woman focused system or ch child birthing partner focused system in that sense. And that was amazing. It was really a very interesting and fun contrast from what I had experienced in New York. Yeah, that sounds quite different. And so, so if I heard you right, those eight weeks you say with a midwife and then the support of postpartum care and perhaps some physical therapy post-birth, that is required and set up by the French government. Is that right? That's right. So every person who gives birth is just entitled to these as a benefit. You don't see a bill. You are you aren't obligated, of course, to go, but you are strongly encouraged to take advantage of what you have available to you. Wow. That is incredible. I am recalling, you know, my experience. I have a nine-month-old and I really wanted, I was nervous about the birth experience, like giving birth. Like it was a internal fear that I'd always had in life. And so I really wanted a doula with me. And I would start to share this desire to have a doula. And there, I was shocked by the pushback, uh, just culturally from uh, people in my world that was like, why? Um, shouldn't it just be you and your partner? Like that's a special moment for just you two. And it was just very interesting to me that I had to fight to say, I want somebody in there for me that is looking out for my experience. Like I, if I can, I want to have a powerful, empowering experience. And I feel that this way is going to help me mentally prepare and physically prepare to be able to have that. But the cultural pushback of that is, it took me by surprise, frankly. And then I got a little frustrated too. And so to hear that in France, that is, you know, doulas and midwives are different. I understand that. But there is a government supported program. That is just, that's amazing. I'm I'm like jealous. I'm envious. I'm just floored that that exists. And so then my, my brain goes to, okay, it's systematic differences and it's cultural differences that we need to push forward on both of those to make progress. Do you see those as kind of the two main buckets in your experience? If we're going to, if you're thinking about the, the U.S. and the French experience that you've had? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are a number of cultural and, and systemic differences, as you point out. I think one of the things that really struck me when I moved here is something so simple, like in the US, there is a societal expectation almost that women should stay home when they have kids or that it's preferable. Like I, I sometimes hear women in the US apologize for having a job as if they're doing a disservice to their kids by working. And in France, it's, it's just the reverse. The cultural expectation is that women will continue to work in paid employment outside the, the home. 
So here I sometimes hear women apologize for staying home. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, well, you know, I, with my third kid, it just got really complicated. So I'm home now, but, but I will get back into the workforce. They're very apologetic about staying home. It's a real difference. But I think because of that cultural expectation, there are so many systemic supports that France has put into place because they've really kind of set things up for women who are working in the paid workforce. Interesting. I'd love to talk more about the expectations and like more examples of that, if you will, in the French culture. Like do do any come to mind? I think your your apology example is great, but where else do you see that flesh out in everyday pressures of life? Samantha, that's such a, a good question. And I think you see see this play out in a couple different ways in France. One is that everything really seems set up to accommodate women who are working or two income families. Like, you know, infant daycare, it's low cost, it's subsidized, and it's run kind of like a public school. So they have people who have to pass exams and be trained who staff a daycare, and then it's sliding scale in terms of how you pay for it. And then starting at three, there's free preschool. And they really make efforts to match the school day to the work day. So aftercare is scheduled to happen on site at your kid's school. And there are summer camps and vacation camps that are either free or really low cost. Like my my son had the option to go to a sports camp this year, and it was half a day every day of the week since it's school vacation for free. So there is really a lot of support geared toward parents who are working. But I think the other thing that you really see that you made mention of is around the way that women see their own role in society. And I think that's such a contrast. There's almost this feeling that me time is sacred. It's it's a mindset that I see whether someone is working in a paid workforce or at home. I think the French attitude is really that being a mother is supposed to add to who I am not erase a part of who I am. So I don't want to be seen as, oh, I'm I'm someone's mom. <laughs> That's my main job. They still want to be sexy and interesting and individual. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong or better or worse. It still comes with its own set of cultural pressures. But I think there's still this idea that like when I go to the local playground, I see French women in color-coordinated outfits and they're wearing heels. Sometimes they're still smoking a cigarette, frankly, because they still want to be who they are and express who they are outside of just being someone's mom. Totally. I think that ties into a theme that I've heard from a lot of other working moms of the struggle with identity and what is your identity after you have a child? It feels 
like some women feel pigeonholed into just being a mom because that's the cultural expectation. And again, nothing's right or wrong um, or, or good or bad. It's just a, a struggle to figure out what your identity is. And I think so much of that is structured by the cultural influences around you. You know, in this case, what country you're in, um, it just can be starkly different. It's an interesting concept to think about on a on a global scale uh, like we are today. Oh, I love that point around identity. I'm here nodding my head because I really do think there is a pressure in so many cultures to just completely change your identity when you become a mom. And that's something that I definitely have not seen in in France. It is additive. And I think in some ways there's a lot less mom guilt because the idea is you're not doing anything wrong by going and taking time to meet your friends in a cafe or get your hair cut or go get a massage or whatnot. This is just considered like a normal part of your life. And that I think allows women to release so much mom guilt. But I also think the fact that there are these systemic supports in place, I don't hear women here worried about some of the things that worry my mom friends or my clients in the US. They're not worried about who's taking care of their kids. They're not worried about their kids being okay because everyone's got their kids in collective care. Everyone's got their kids in preschool at three. So the whole way of approaching child rearing is very different. Yeah, I know today, obviously daycare is a massive, massive issue in the US at, at a large scale. So I do want to go back to what you said about me time and contrast a little bit more between the US and France. It reminds me of a quote I saw this morning and I'm uh, I'm annoyed because I can't remember the exact details, but it was something along the lines of, it does no good to force me time on a mom who isn't set up with a village or community of support because it feels like just another thing on her list that she's supposed to fight for and do, and that'll magically make her happy. And so I, I don't know, I share that quote because it came to mind. Does that resonate with you given your experiences in both cultures? That totally resonates. I think there are, unfortunately, if the costs of even getting me time are so high because you've got to find and book a babysitter, <laughs> You've got to work three additional hours to pay for that babysitter. And then you have to go and try to relax while you're getting 10 text messages from your partner. Like that's not a very relaxing or fulfilling experience. <laughs> so I think when we make the costs of actually obtaining me time so high, it just becomes one additional thing that women are like, I should be doing that and I'm I'm failing. And that's not good for anyone. <laughs> no, no. And it and I think it fuels the the mom guilt too, right? You can't see me, but I have the air quotes here around mom guilt. So these are all really, really great concepts that lead 
to, you know, your mental health as a working mom. And so Shauna, you have founded the Mental Offload, and that is a coaching business uh, for high-performing women. And so talk to me about how that happened and what are some of the main struggles or issues or challenges that you work on with your clients in regards to working motherhood? Yeah. So I started the Mental Offload after a 20 plus year career in finance. And one of the main impetuses for starting my coaching business was seeing how different these experiences were across cultures. And for example, when I found out that mom guilt was not as much of a thing here, it really turned on a light bulb in my head that was like, we don't need to live like this. <laughs> so much of our experience of being a working mom is influenced by cultural factors or things that we've been taught to believe over time that aren't necessarily true and are definitely not helpful. And so the mental offload is really about starting to offload some of those very unhelpful practices and mindsets so that we can do our best work in the world. So the two things that I really tend to focus on with working mothers are around releasing some of the cultural and societal expectations that we put on ourselves sometimes, but things that get in the way of us being able to do our best work that can be how we choose to use our time, how we invest in our careers. So I do a lot of work around that. And then the second area where I tend to focus is on career ambition, because as I know you've pointed out so well in your work, the motherhood penalty is real. And there are some workplaces that are going to put more of a penalty on you than others. So I work with women who are interested in hanging on to that ambition that they have or that they had before kids and not getting hit with the motherhood penalty. So helping steer them to the right place to use their time and talents to get ahead. I'm just so passionate that you are doing this type of business because I, I feel like that's that's why Moms with Benefits was started. I mean, it just feels that there needs to be more work done here, more research done here, more resources here, um, because the motherhood penalty does exist still, and it's it's 2024, and it's it's just it's wild. It's just time to get it together. So it's, you talked about your uh, releasing cultural and societal expectations as kind of the first main focus of your work. Do you feel that part of that is almost an awareness that that it is cultural and societal and it's not you as a mom that needs to do better and that you're not doing enough. Like I know that just talking to you today and learning about the French cultural perspective on working moms is so invigorating to me because it feels like I'm here in the US and just something doesn't sit right with how my journey's been, how my finances have been impacted, how the systems are set up, like it just doesn't feel right. And so I get inspired by the, the French culture that I've learned about today that 
it can be different. Systems can be different. Culturally, things can be different. And so the optimist in me is like, ooh, let's like, I want to be part of that change. I want to be part of making meaning there. Um, so long way, long winded way to say, you know, I, I clearly am a fan of what you're doing here. So my, to go back to my question, is awareness kind of the first step before you get to releasing those expectations? I think awareness is an absolutely crucial step in releasing the expectations because part of the reason why we're struggling in so many cultures and part of the reason why we are sitting under so much guilt is that, like you said, we, we feel like it's us. We feel like we must be doing something wrong, that everyone else got the memo about how to do working motherhood perfectly. And we're just getting a whole bunch of things wrong. But I think when you understand that there are different cultures that treat things very differently, it's like this light bulb goes off and people are like, oh, maybe it doesn't have to be like this. Maybe this is just one version <laughs> that I'm living in right now. And that can open up so much understanding for and, and self-compassion, I think, for women, because then we know that we're not the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you, to kind of put it into action, you go to your step two of, you know, you framed it under career ambitions for working moms, but others, it might be, you know, just what are your general goals or life ambitions that you want to focus on to kind of be your own agent in life and not feel like you're just following the the path and the emotions and the the overwhelming depressing nature that sometimes being a working mom can feel like yeah i think one of the second things that typically comes up as soon as, as women have that awareness then the next natural question is like all right well how do i want to live so i was working with a client earlier today of course the cultural message right is that we should work fewer hours in our paid employment so that we can spend the maximum amount of time with our kids. I was working with a client today who was like, I'm not sure if that's really what I want in terms of my boundaries. I do want boundaries, but I actually might want to invest more in my career in some really specific ways. And so I think one of the biggest contributions that any of us can make is to just live from our own personal truth, to be like, this is what I want. I want to be spending more hours getting ahead at work or no, I want to downshift and I want to maybe go part time. But once you get into touch with what you really want and the way that you want to live, then you can make decisions that help support that. I love that. I feel like personally, I have found that my journey into motherhood has made me reshape my priorities and make sure that my time is allocated to those priorities, but that work is not done. It probably won't ever be done, but it's also been hard. And I think it's such a transformative process if you let it and you you kind of really reflect on what this means to you, what you want, and it can be such a transformative time. And so that that is just, it's really interesting work that you're doing. And I, I'm so grateful that you're out there and on, on the mission to do it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate um, that comment because I'm honored to get to do this work in the world. One of the things that you just mentioned 
in the same way that we absorb cultural pressures about what it means to be a good mom, we absorb a lot of cultural pressures around what it means to be a good worker. And that, one of the things that I always say is like, work, it's kind of like those bottomless cups of coffee. <laughs> if you're trying to drink your way to the bottom of your to-do list, guess what? Someone's going to be there to like refill that cup before you're done drinking it. So, and yet the messages that we've absorbed is that we just need to keep putting in more hours. We need to make sure we get everything done. These are some of what I call disordered ways of working that we have to unwind if we're going to be successful in these two roles in a society that wants us to give 150% of ourselves to everything. I love that. That's a really interesting way to put it. And it makes me think of the need from working moms from the research that I've seen in the US is the need for flexibility and the uh, ability to have flexibility when it comes to your work is quite impactful for their ability to keep working, enjoy working, have it be an integrated part of their working mom life. I know I personally benefit from an organization that's very flexible and not everybody has that situation. And just the flexibility like that working moms need it. Like there's research out there, we we need it. And so that it ties to, I feel like both worlds of systemically, we need that to be supported. And then culturally, we need that to be supported too by, you know, societal pressures and coworkers and supervisors and things like that. So it just, it's so interesting that it feels like it always comes back to systemic pressures, cultural influences, and they're all related. And again, I just, I want to help move forward here and, and make the world better and set up for for working moms to be successful here in the US. 100% concur. And I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you're doing because I think it is such a huge need and problem and we need smart minds and dedicated people working to try to solve this. Well, thank you, Shauna, so much for joining us today. Uh, before we go, I want to play a little game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a word and I'm going to ask you to give me the first emotion that comes to mind after I name that word. So big caveat here. There are no right or wrong answers. Uh, emotions can come and go. There is no judgment attached to these answers. It's just a, a fun little game to see where your mind's at today. So the first word is going to be kids. Love. Pregnancy. Happiness. Mental load. Frustration. Finances. Fun. Insurance. Grief. The future. Joyous. I love that. All right. Thank you so much for talking today, Shauna. Thank you so much. This was so incredibly insightful and interesting and fun. So thank you for having me on the pod. Moms with Benefits is on a mission to empower moms for the financial impact of motherhood. If you're a mom willing and even excited about sharing your journey and challenges with other moms, we'd love to have you apply to be a guest on our podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at momswithbenefits.org and our application is linked right in our bio. P.S. We see you, mama. You're working hard today and you are doing great.